Welcome to the world of the Southern Exchange, where conversation meets truth and transparency leads the way. Messages, sell your soul. I got more in store. I'm spreading knowledge and peace, but I'm ready for war. Yeah, time's up, Trump. We the new leaders. Niggas say they woke, still pray to the white Jesus. Black man is God, this is facts, not thesis. The alchemist dropping jewels through your speakers. Look. Seeking you'll find the textbooks lied. They gon' want me crucified. My niggas ready to ride. Salute me or shoot me for this. I'm ready to die. Yeah. Beg your pardon, fuck I'm gon' do with a half slice. Flip the script on sister till she get some back, right? Fuck your advice, been calf nice since last night You blink once, get past, lose your bitch twice as fast, boy They used to call me stretch around my way mm. No tempopedic stretches around my way Hey, young and misguided, but we find a way And until then, roll it up, light it up, smoke it up Roll it up, light it up, smoke it up Shine like a nigga from the gold sun Grind like the break floor, Lord sun Rapping like December 24, son. I ain't trying to say that we the go to none. Snow so white, it would have voted Trump. Eyes hella low, where you know I'm from. You, you know I'm from. I am not light skinned, I'm golden. And we came over on a boat of sun. Faith in the land of the hopeless. Gotta get these plans into motion. Try to hide your hand, but I sculpted it. Thought it, then I said it, and it sculpted it. Life imitates art when my hands are the molders. Wait, so y'all really believe in reincarnation? <laughs> all, right, all right, so we back. Thank y'all for being here with us. Uh, we're getting back on to our topic of Black History Month. And uh, Brother Simeon, I think you wanted to make a point on that as well uh, when we talked about the term Black in Black History Month. Uh, yes. Um, so when it comes to the term Black, um, and I'll start off by saying this, because uh, this is one of the earliest memories that I have uh, with my mother, actually. Uh, I was about four or five, and 
I remember I in the context, I can't remember the whole conversation, but I just remember one time distinctly being in her room uh, when I was like four or five and saying that, hey, I'm, I'm brown or like, you know, copper color, I'm brown. And she would be like, boy, you black. What are you talking about? Stop saying that. I'm like, but I'm brown. I'm not black. I used to say that a lot. Um, and growing up, I think a lot of constructs come with that. You meld into society and you go by what society standards are. Uh, so I was like, okay, she meant I was black. So I am black and that became the term. Um, now coming into my thirties, and kind of going back to some of my roots with some things, um, understanding that my mind track was already in the right place. I just didn't know how to really articulate it. Mm -hmm. Articulate. So that I, I say that to say that a lot of times what we find out, we already kind of somewhat know, but we get taken away uh, and taken off track uh, by other people and by society. Um, and the term black, and again, um, like Cal said, it's, uh, black is a color. Black, and then if you look into the origins of it, where it comes from, black, B-L-A-C-K, which goes back to B-L-A-C, which then can be, in some linguistics, go back to the word blanc, which is in Spanish, which means white, which means void of color. So I just say mm -hmm. that for a little snippet to say that you really have to look at the origins of things to understand where they're coming from. Etymology. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what that does to us in the future. But as far as the word black, I personally don't consider myself black. Um, if anything, I would say that, and I have to do more history on my roots. I know, I, I know that, I, I only say that I don't really connect with the African diaspora thing only because of I have to figure out where my roots originally came from and for what I know and from what the few elders in my family that were alive when I was little told me, my people were here. Now, I'm not saying that I didn't have people that came from Africa. I just don't have any records. I don't have any proof of that, so I don't know. But oral history, I think, is very important as well, too. So I think you have to go back and listen to your elders and believe what they say when they tell you. Um, and there, I know you know this, uh, one of our elders my, on my mother's side maternally growing up, that's that mitochondrial DNA for those of you that don't know. Um, Talk to him. Our great, great grandmother, Miss Matilda Smith, I remember she actually had blue eyes. She was dark. Dark she skin, was blue dark. eyes. Um, and just some of the origins of her siblings um, and the people where she came from um, that they were here. And when you go back and think, she never really said she was a slave or anything of those nature. Now, were they doing service for white people? Yes, but even that construct of what a slave is and what a contractor worker is. Indigenous servant. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's good to start off with these conversations because we have to understand, and I would say this to everybody, to start off with your own family history um, and then go from there. Because again, you have to know self. You can't start from the outside. You have to start from within and then move out. But just to cap it on time, that's just what I think about Black. Because I don't want to get, you know, I'm going. No, nah, no, nah, that was a great point. Because actually what you were saying, especially with the oral history, that is what 
some would consider black history because in order to to know black history you like say you have to know your family history which leads you to black history which leads you to other people in that encompasses under that umbrella of the term black so that makes hella sense um great points by the way uh but like i was in class right then Brother, yeah, that was great. He, mm-hmm. Throughout the biology, biology terms and everything. See, y'all be thinking I, I be doing something. My brother was majoring in biology at Albany State. <laughs> I'll say that again for the people in the back. The people in the back got tongue tied. He was majoring in biology. We know that's not an easy feat. A lot of folks going to biology first semester, they drop the fuck out. That's hard. Come don't on, say that. Pop your shit, bro. But uh, Cal, I think you have some talking points on this as too as well. We were discussing in the break. Well, shit, he got me thinking about some, uh, some, you know, on another line because okay, talk, let's go. Uh, I feel like that is a part that's not talked about either. Like we have in a Black History Month, but we're not gonna talk about the paper genocide. Ooh. We're not gonna talk about the fact that people re- were reclassified and, and re- were and originally race. on Indian roles that got reclassified to Negro and mulatto, which I found in my own family history. You know, I'm from Buffalo, New York, but I found out through records, census records and World War records and stuff like that, that I actually have roots in Georgia, in Columbus, Georgia, in uh, Milledgeville, Georgia. Um, and I watched one of my ancestors, Charles Huff, through census records, transform from a Native American, uh, uh, he went from a Muskegee, a Creek native on the, on the Indian roads to being mulatto, to being black on different years. So to me, that is, that's firsthand proof of a paper genocide. Mm-hmm. So, and it makes sense because uh, like Africa is not that much different than America. If you think about the weather and, and things like that, like the South, the, the weather in the mm-hmm. South is probably comparable to the weather in some parts of Africa. So the people from these two places probably wouldn't look that much different even if there were, you know, I won't say even if, because I mean, I fall more along the lines of what my brother here said as far as like, I don't have no proof that any of my family came from Africa, actually. As far as I can go back past the 1700s, my family has been in America. You know what I mean? And since I went on that journey a, a couple of years ago, I've still kind of uh, been slipping upon different information that keeps on proving to me that there's a lot, there's a large population of people that believe that their lineage is all from Africa that actually is not. If if you if you put a time constraint on it, because I guess you could say the newest scientific information is that all humans came from Africa, which is not, which is actually uh, it's debated. It's not it's not an actual fact. Like there is other theories that go against that theory. So. I think that's a um, an interesting point that he made because that's where I am, and you know, with the term black, I'll cap it right there. Yeah, and, and to add a little point because I'm gonna let Zay chime in. I know Zay's. Uh, I know I know I know Zay wants to share his thoughts as well. These are intelligent brothers. But also, when I was reading upon the U.S. Census, when you're speaking of the paper genocide, this is a fact because in the actual article it stated that when the censors would go out to these homes and they would classify the people at the time, whatever they deemed as a race would be so-so. Say they came into this room today, it's five guys in here, right? Uh, we're all different shades. But if they came in here and saw that, their automatic assumption was, okay, well, this guy may be Indian, this guy may be mulatto, this guy may be uh, 
mix or whatever. But what we're going to say is, I say y'all all black. Or it could have been somebody in here lighter than all of us, but because they had one drop of blackness in them or one drop of melanated um, DNA in them, they're going to classify them as black. Now, I'm not saying that that person might not, he might not even been black or whatever, but what I'm saying is that they could come in and say whatever the hell they wanted to. So if they came here and classify all of us white, they could have did that. They could have came here and said, we all black. Whatever they said was going to go. So when they went back to the to the, uh, to the the office and they sent these paperwork in to record these like uh, studies and demographics, they are racing a whole bunch of people because some of those people that they're claiming that were African-American black were Native Americans and Native Indians that was already like indigenous to this land. So it's like, I think people get it lost because they be feeling like when you say you're not black, you're not African-American, look like us. See, that's what y'all lose sight of. Like, we look alike, but we all have different experiences. Like, we all can share the same umbrella, but it doesn't mean we all came from the same place. And it's like, that's just one of the stories. Some people's family all probably came from Africa. Some might have been mixed. Some probably never came. But the thing is, I think that people lose sight of just us being together as a unit, the community. It's okay if Cal's family didn't come from Africa and mine did. That's okay. It's, 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 no, it's no bad blood. It's, we're still family. We just resided on two opposite ends of the world. You know what For I'm sure. saying? I think that's what people lose sight of. They think we trying to say, oh, you ain't one of us. I am one of y'all. Who do I spend all my time with? What culture do I embrace? All right, then. I just went to what Raven Simone said when she blew up the internet. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I was one of the people like, what the hell is she talking about? Now, I always think about that. And I was like, she was right the whole time. I'm mixed. I have a lot of things in my blood like a lot of us do. So you have to sometimes stop yourself when you jump to conclusions. Nah, for sure. But Zay, go ahead and chime in, brother. Cause I, I don't even know. I have to <laughs> say, um, I definitely feel different than those opinions. Uh, but I agree to a certain extent and I see, you know, some of the facts. So I, I agree to an extent. Um, I don't even know. I don't. I don't know if I necessarily want to have a whole comment about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nah, it's cool. We, <laughs> we can talk about it another time, bro. You feel what I'm saying? Because it, it, like that's a whole segment within itself. I will say though, I feel. I almost feel like when we say black today, it's like being a member of a club. Like yeah, you know, we watch Martin as kids, and we know yeah. Will Smith. It's mm -hmm. like. And we fuck with Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. We wear the t-shirts and we know these quotes. I feel like it's really more like a group. Like, it's not a race. It's just like, it is. We, we've been put into these situations. And like Zay said earlier, we have a shared, we have a shared experience, experience in this country. And knowledge. And we call that black. But it's not a race. It's right. just like a part of a group like that has formed because of some shit that happened hundreds of years ago. I mean, well, it was by design, you know, when these, uh, as Derek said, when these census people went into these homes, um, they were told that, you know, basically as an individual doing the census, conducting it, it was on them to determine. Now, and then when you go back to how many times we've been reclassified, you know, at some point, you know, it has to ring a bell. What is going on here? Why are they constantly reclassifying? Because we're not, Okay, we're mulatto. Okay, we're colored. Uh, we're uh, Negro. Well, mulatto was always a mi oh, always mixed used mixed as mixed. a mix. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, mix. Because mulatto is, is considered what they quote unquote say is white and black mixed together. So we have that mixed blood. But then even with that, that's changed. And then even if you were to go as far to look at uh, people of different races, 
Um, and this can even go into the Hispanic community or even to some white communities. Some white people will consider themselves Native American for whatever reason. Um, some people say $5 Indian and going down that road. <laughs> then you have Hispanics, because remember you're on the thing that has it white and white, white non-white Hispanic and white Hispanic. But what is that? Um, so you're giving people the option to classify as white. So when you do that, what does that do? Yeah, because I'm not even gonna get into that about the numbers and the population and yeah, because and then because when it comes to that, like the white whiteness is because we know in in this social society, white is supposed to have privilege. So if you classify yourself and your race and your family as being white, that means you get white privileges. You feel what I'm saying? So it's like we know that shit doesn't mean anything. Like it's just what they created to to make this this class system. You know what I'm saying? This hierarchy. You feel what I mean? Like that shit doesn't mean anything. Like. Whether you black, black, blue, green, whatever you want to call yourself, you're you're a human. So, like trying to set it up where like I claim myself to be white so I can get advantages. I mean, it is what it is. It's, it's happening because of the fucking system. Like I said, it's many things we harp on. Mm-hmm. I ain't gonna go down that road because we'll be here till next year sometime. But anyway, I, I got something to say. Yes, sir. Okay, so yes, sir. Talk uh, one thing I was gonna say, yes, I sir. guess, when it comes to records, what I believe is is fact is that 1870 was the first civil war was the first census after the civil war and that was the first time that african americans had names in the census so it's like i think the argument of a the paper trail it is understandable i feel like there are um facts in it all but to use it to use to say on paper i ain't from africa so i'm gonna say I'm not from Africa, but to understand that already the history that we know of enslavement, whether African native, if you were enslaved, you didn't have a name on a census. You just were a person. Now, after 1870, after the civil war, people had names or they had first names. They didn't have full names. Uh Yeah, they They, had names. And names that also weren't there. They would have a first name and they would have the name of whoever's quote unquote correct well, so boom if that sometimes they really just had a first name right so it's like we're pretty much i mean once you get to a certain time i feel like we're fucked all around just from being oh we not supposed to curse on here okay but <laughs> but we're i got i got this shit yeah, in the damn thing. yeah but, got the explicit on it. but we're fucked from all around just based on our history um i think that um oh man what was i gonna say then it's another topic too when you get into understanding nationalities and ethnicities Mm -hmm. and i think like when he was saying you know on the on your when you have it it's just like yeah like hispanic origin or non-hispanic but you still are able to check white or black right um which is you know spanish people spaniards is european white people but then you have you you have all spanish people are mixed like all of them i think puerto ricans the average for puerto rican is like 50 percent i don't know if it's 50 percent spaniard and 40 percent african 10 percent native american it, but it's in it's spaniard african and native american for sure if you if anybody is puerto rican they come from the puerto rican state if they do any type of genealogy test they're gonna have that because the tainos and the caribs were there the spaniards came took over them but some of them still survived then they brought in africans and literally i mean that's why puerto ricans have this mixed they they look mixed they have they have dark skin some people have dark skin darker darker hues even to the light-skinned people um the hair 
And then you have places where you just got straight Afro Spanish people, oh, where everybody is yeah, just yeah. just dark skin speaking Spanish, and you would be like, "Yo, yeah, because we cause we know the Moors conquered this conquered They Spain. did, they did. You yeah. feel me? Yeah, so yeah. it only makes sense. Um, also, man, God, yo, I I feel like we can go so many ways, bro. It's just like I want to have a conversation about this and this and that. But Cap, I do want to go back to something that you mentioned when we were on break, when you. When we're talking about Black History Month and, and like incorporating different people and different um, organizations into it, you mentioned somebody that most people in Black History Month don't even know. Noble Drew Ali. Did you speak on that brother right there? Because he was a very intelligent brother, I think sometimes ahead of his time. I mean, that's a great segue because what Zay just said about nationality and ethnicity and all of that actually goes into his story because he created a nationality which is the Moorish, the Moorish uh, identity. So he, so Noble Jurali, he's kind of a mysterious figure because a lot of things about his life, people debate about where he's from. They say, you know, his mom was a Cherokee or something like that. Like they, they he's associated with multiple indigenous tribes. They say he's from Carolina. People say that he's from New York or wherever uh, up north in those type of areas. But what we do know about him is that he did form the Moorish Science Temple um, of America in 1913, which I thought was interesting because that's the same year that the Federal Reserve was created in Jekyll Island. Mm. And it was a lot of it was a lot of different things happening in 1913. And something always brings me back to that year. So I thought it was interesting that he did that in that year specifically. But <clears throat> my point of bringing him up in the conversation that we were having was that people like him never get mentioned. And he created a whole nationality. Not only did he do that, he represented he represented that nationality at the Pan American uh, Expo in Cuba in like 1918, I believe it was. So it's like, why don't we hear about that? Because I feel like the people that we learn about in Black History Month, a lot of times they're not people that you can run with their story. I feel like you can't really build off them. Like they cap you off. Like, you know what I'm saying? Even like a Malcolm X. I mean, uh, Martin Luther King, not Malcolm X. I guess Malcolm X could apply too. But Martin Luther King, right? I love this dude. I, I love everything he was about. Um, but I feel like when you look at his life, you look at the sensationalized part of it. And I don't feel like people see how they could take that further. And to me, what different, differentiates Nobu Ali is that he went and started an LLC. Like he did some shit that was, that you could really, you could really like, uh, I so, wouldn't even think that that was possible. Like I wouldn't think tangible. that that was possible to create a nationality, like yeah. literally just create something like that. To me, that is very profound because that's empowering information. Mm. I feel like when I hear about civil, a lot of the civil rights leaders, you hear about the negative things as they, they were assassinated. They would beat, they said dogs on them. It was always from a standpoint of, yes, they were great, but they were great because they did something different in a situation that was fucked up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like I'm more so aligned with people who just had an idea and they, they went forth with it, regardless of what was happening. You know, I like pioneers, you know what I'm saying? I'm not. I don't I don't romanticize people for being killed or you know mm. for being a martyr. That that just doesn't resonate with me well. 
and I don't really idolize people. I more so look at mm. what you've done and I try to think about how I can do that for for the, the, the things that I'm associated with. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I think Noble Drali, but there's other people like Prince Hall, he created the, the, uh, Freemasons. The, the Freemason, the black Freemason segment in America, because it was illegal for black people to, to be a Mason. So he created mm -hmm. his own sect mm -hmm. of, of, uh, masonry or whatever. So I feel like people that it's not to say, I don't want to say like their story is more important than anyone else, but I feel like the people that black history month pushes don't necessarily put you in the mind frame to move forward. It's just being sad or or just reflecting on how bad times were and be like, yo, that he was a man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, so, they don't make him like that no more. They don't make him like that no more. But they do, it's just a different, we're in a different world than then. So you have to be a different person. To fill that role that they were filling at that time, you have to be a certain person that may not look exactly what it looked like at that time. I feel uh, that's a great point, bro. Like, that's a great point. Like, cause I talk about that all the time. I always felt like that too. Like I had to even get to a point in my life where I had to learn that like not to idolize a human being, especially somebody as great as Malcolm X. Cause you know, Malcolm X like my boy, my day one. Like if anybody I know the most about it's gonna be him. But mm -hmm. I had to realize when I got older, he was a human. Like I used to like try to defend him. Like I knew him and I had to realize like, yo, he was a man just like I was a man, he was a human, but he had, he had things that he had to work on as a person, as a human. Like everything he did, I didn't agree with, but it was just like understanding that I don't have to idolize this man to respect or admire this man. I can take what he's done. If I feel like it applies to me in my life, I can use it to make my generation better as well. But I can't put anybody on the pedestal. Like no matter how much they try to paint him in the media as this just like great, great, great person. That's cool. But it's like, if I see Martin Luther King being this great historical figure, I don't, do I feel like I can be Martin Luther King? Cause I feel like y'all put him somewhere where it's like, can't nobody touch him. Like yeah, mm -hmm. is, is, is this golden board? This is the poster board. And I'm not saying yeah. nothing bad about him. I'm saying it's just like, he's unreachable. But if I look at somebody like, Tamika Malroy or somebody like that's in the neighborhood that's in the trenches, I can touch her, I can reach out to her like she's other people. I, she's more she's more accessible. Mm -hmm. they, they put them out there to, to make it seem like we can't be that great. You can be that great too. You can mimic what he did in your own way. Yeah. It may not look like him. That was He was a different person in a different time. He's a different human being, so it's going to be different. But yeah, they definitely try to put everybody on the pedestal and nobody should be on the pedestal. We all on this earth rocking together, so we got to goddamn work together. I think um, but one thing I want to add on to what you said, Kyle, was important um, is what substance of the people that we are putting into Black history. Everybody is important, but as you said, what is the focus um, is important. And if we're constantly focused on the past, not saying that you shouldn't know your past, but if you're constantly trying to be in the state of the past um, and all of these negative uh, things that can sometimes come with some of these martyrs that we put up. Um, it kind of, like you said, it caps you. Um, but who are the people that we should be talking about to move forward? Yes, we talk about the people in the past. Who are some people in the present that are doing things that are moving forward? Um, because there are a lot of people out there uh, of our race that are, that are doing something right now. Mm -hmm. So what are their stories? How does that align with us? And how does that get us to push forward? And that's so profound that you said that because I think that goes back to what we were saying in the last 30 minute segment that uh, who is pushing Black History Month is being commercialized and so forth. And 
you know, when other people get into it, what are their motives to push it? And I think that's one of the things is to kind of cap us, to keep us in a mindset of looking at these same rotating people that are sitting up on this high horse that we can never get to. And then that can make you feel uh, inferior yourself because you're like, I can't ever be. You're not going to be like them. You're not going to do what they did. Only thing you can do is listen to what they say, take what resonates and transform it in your life to where you can make it out to be something for the people that you love and your inner circle. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we get so convoluted because everybody wants to be great and we're always told when we grow up that you can be this and you can be that. Yeah, you can, but you have to be it in your own way. You can't always look at other people and try to mimic and copy what they do because each of us has something special to offer to this world in our inner circle. And you have to take those lessons and those things that we know from you know, previous black people, quote unquote, and they transform it into your own life. And I think that's how we can begin to start to move forward because a lot of times this does feel redundant. Like we, and then we're always, you know, we're in the same boat, going through the same things happening all the time. And I think some of that has to start to change with the mindset with wanting to move forward, but actually finding those people who are moving forward and not those people that are constantly in the past. I, I think that so I got a couple I guess a couple of different things so uh, Cav bringing up Noble Drew Ali I just was going to say for people who don't know about Noble Drew Ali it is said that Wallace Muhammad and Elijah Muhammad were like early students of him so he is also connected to the nation of Islam history which is interesting um, okay what, then what I was going to say is I feel like whenever we speak about Black History Month and the way it's taught and who is teaching it, we're always, it's going to quote unquote the man in the system because it's the system who is teaching it. It's nobody black that you are seeing. I mean, of course you're seeing black people promote these these, uh, heroes that, that we have, but you know, the mainstream of you learning it, criticizing it in a way is almost, uh, uh, yes, because that's not who should be teaching you. It's like I'm going to France to learn Spanish, to you know, type thing. And now I'm talking about how bad the French is right. teaching me Spanish. But we have to teach that history. And I think even with our people, like with our heroes, or I would consider our heroes and say Martin Luther King, for instance. So there's a book. Uh, it's edited by Cornell West. Uh, it's called The Radical King. So it's like a, a collection of Martin Luther King's speeches, memoirs, like all these different pieces of articles he wrote put together by Cornell West to give you to try to like broaden your understanding of Martin Luther King. And so because people kind of just think of marches and nonviolent movement and the Southern Christian Leadership Conference literally had housing projects going on in Chicago and Atlanta and Ohio um many different things the way that like i think one of the one of the protests they had in ohio it was i believe a milk company a milk company had 400 uh workers and four workers were black and but most of the milk companies products were sold in black communities so they went to the stores that sold these black products and was like look stop selling their product because first they went to the first they went to the milk company and was like yo can we have some of your paperwork like we they wanted to see uh the who 
uh, how many employees they had, blah, blah, blah. They weren't even trying to give them that paperwork. They had to do other means to get that paperwork. Then they decided to protest these people. They went to the stores that sold their products, told them, hey, we're going to protest your store if you don't stop selling their products. They, I don't remember what the store was called, AMP or something was the store that they, uh, that they protest. But in Ohio, they shut down like 18 stores in one day. And then AMP called them and said, "Hey, what can we do to help you?" And a person in LCLC was also working for AMP, and they said, "Well, you need to take these. Uh, man, I forgot the name of the milk company, but take their products off your shelf." Um, and they said, "Cool." So then that company, AMP, reached out to the uh, reached out to the milk company and said, "If you don't come up to an agreement with SELC, we're going to take all of your stuff out of the state of of all of our AMP stores in Ohio." Now, when it came to the negotiations, they negotiated jobs for people. They negotiated the milk company to to take ads in Negro newspapers. They made them uh, start a bank account with black banks. Um, and then go into the projects that the SELC would do. They would try to get black architects, black everything. Um, so I think like on the on the floor and uh, on the ground and what they actually were doing, because you don't learn about the programs he had going on. You don't learn about, you know, the the net worth that he upped for black people in the different uh, states that they actually were able to uh, implement these programs. I feel you just. Oh, sorry. Oh, this is the oh, it's about to be over. 